We're continuing reviewing recent horror entries for the season with Ty West's follow-up for X, Pearl. Did this prequel honor the thrills of the original, or did it fall into the pitfalls so many prequels suffer from? Keep queuing us up for Halloween, because we have a special treat for you as we pit horror movie villains tournament style to crown a champion of the horror season. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for a Screenwriters Virtual Forum. Peer reviewing scripts, giving feedback, and fellow writers work while networking with them as well. Please check out the links on our anchor.fm profile to follow us online, donate, or leave us a nice message to let us know how we're doing. We hope to see you at one of these virtual forums. Until then, enjoy the podcast. All right, as always, I'd like to give an enthusiastic warm welcome to screenwriters, aspiring writers, film lovers, and everyone in between. Your latest episode of Script to Screen, the Boston Screenwriters Group podcast, hosted by myself, J.C. Stewart, Kenyatta Hoskins, and Mark Liddell, where we come in and give screenwriter, filmmaker, and film lovers perspectives on movies, shows, and various other forms of media. Whenever you're giving us a listen, morning, noon, or night, we hope to be a great part of your listening cues and engage with you on these in-depth discussion on film, TV, streaming, or whatever the hell else we like to share our thoughts on. So I'll start with the intros. I've been a co-organizer of the Boston Screenwriters Group for over seven years, helping out the founder, Deborah Sharif, with the meetups. We help any level of experienced screenwriter peer review the screenplays with other members. I'm also a local filmmaker on the lower end of budgets, but I'm always game for coming up with movie ideas and ready to film. Now, with all that settled, I'll pass it off my good friend and co-organizer, Kenyatta. Good morning. I know it's a little bit colder than it was yesterday, but, you know, um, it's October, so we're going to go up and down. So, uh, anyways, I've been a co-organizer for over three years now, and uh, just happy to be here talk about film, a part of uh, the Boston Filmmakers Group for over five years, been a co-organizer for over three years, and just happy to be here to talk about films. Hey everybody, it's Mark Liddell. Um, again, like Kenyatta, happy to be here. I've been uh, with these two guys doing this uh, these podcasts for a little more than two years, two and a half years, close to, to that. Now, really enjoy it. This is my favorite time of year because it's October. I'm a horror fiend, and there's always tons of stuff coming out in the movies and also on TV. They're the older stuff, and, and always find something new uh, in terms of horror around this time of year. So it really gets me excited. All right. But, uh, so we had, um, so we're, we're getting a good turnaround this year uh, in terms of uh, uh, horror sequels, prequels, because uh, X came out earlier this year, uh, sort of the uh, Ty West from House of the Devil. Uh, he comes back uh, to, uh, he came back to do sort of this um, 70s exploitation, you know, homage uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, both Mark and I really liked. I, I don't, actually, Kenyatta, would you like to uh, get your thoughts on X before we get delve into uh, Pearl? Uh, X. Uh, well, wow, it's been a while. Um, I should have watched it yesterday. If, if not, like come to think of it, but um, X kind of disappointed me. Um, I, I was hoping to like it better than. I end up liking it because, you know, I, I, I like kind of like that retro 70s, you know, kind of like Grindhouse. You know, I, I love people when they do the throwbacks, even in songs uh, as well as movies. But um, I was <laughs> like the, like the uh, I guess I would call the villains of the story. Kind of remind me of the villain of uh, Barbarian, where you have these, you know, how old is she? And she's have the superhuman strength. I don't know. I, I guess evil strong. I guess I don't know. I mean, um, anyways, but <clears throat> I, I would I would have to watch X again because it, it's been a while. But I will say this though. I mean, since we're talking about Pearl, I personally like Pearl a lot more. That I like X. Okay. And um I I realized kind of like this trend now, like, okay, people complain about oh sequels, all we're doing is receipt sequels, sequels, sequels. And then it's okay. You tie sequels, we'll give her reboots. We reboot whole franchises. We'll act like you will just stall over, stall over scratch. Okay, here go prequels, because the thing had a prequel, um, what else had like prequel? Those other films that had prequels. Now, uh, if you haven't seen X, you could definitely watch Pearl first. 
And then, you know, because I thought it was kind of weird because to me, I think the st- strength of X would be like, like I said, um, we we always talk about watching um, uh, trailers and teasers and all that kind of stuff, right? And um, I saw, did I see the trailers for X? I can't remember. Uh, maybe bits and pieces, right? And sometimes they can uh, show too much, especially after the second or third. It's like the each time they kind of like show you more and more. And um, so I went in kind of cold. I think um, kind of like the, the kind of like that retro look and horror and all. So that kind of that was enough to you know um, you know for me to to see this film. I didn't I missed it in the theater. I, I, I got it on streaming. You know I, I bought the streaming uh, version of it. But anyways, um, in terms of Pearl, I was like, okay, now this is kind of strange because. The person, the actress that plays Pearl was actually an ex. <laughs> and ex, she was a victim of ex, and she was a completely different, the same actress, a completely different character in ex, which is, I guess, the sequel to Pearl. So then I find out that the actress uh, who played Pearl in, in this, in, you know, the, you know, the title character, actually helped Ty West write the script. And and let me tell you something. Um, I know horror doesn't get a lot of love when it comes to Oscars and stuff like that, right? Um, that's why I was surprised with Science and Lambs did so well at the Oscars, you know, because it's a horror film, what, what, what have you. Now, this Pearl, the actress, I can't Think of her name right now. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? When it comes to acting, she has to, she has to have some kind of consideration, uh, nomination or something. Because she did, I was like, okay, so it makes sense why. I mean, it doesn't make sense in terms of story-wise, because it's like it's it's kind of crazy how the same character the same actress plays different characters blah 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 but obviously she wrote this um, character so well she was like I have to play this I can't give this to another actress this this has to be on me and um I was mesmerized every time she was on screen and the story uh, of, of of Pearl and how it came about, like that slow descent into madness. Um, now I know we do movie uh, recommendations at the end. Now um, I've, I I recommended this film before, and it's a um, I believe it's a Korean film. Uh, it's called Be Devil. <laughs> you gotta be very careful. Because if you go looking for Bedevil, you might get the wrong film because there's another piece of crap film that uh, has the same title and it's nothing like the one that I'm recommending. And um, it's a, like I said, it's a Korean film, horror film, and it reminded me so much. I don't know if Ty West has seen devil but it just reminded me like there's so many similarities and um my ass goes off to like i said the acting even even the story like i said i don't know how you guys feel um which one you like better or you like them like like, like about equally i don't know but personally i have to give pearl the the hands and shoulders and it's like no i know we talked earlier um when we talked about barbarian in terms of the last couple months or so these films that are coming out have been very good actually um even if we don't like the ending as much as the two whatever because the same thing with smile but i mean i I have to i have to i have to you know apply what they're doing with horror films, you know, over the past, you know, the ones that have been coming over the past couple months or so. 
um, they're trying to do something different. They're trying to, you know, um, they're not just following, you know, oh, um, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, like a Friday 13th. They're not just making another Halloween. They're not just making, you know what I mean? They're actually trying to make a film. Um, they're actually, you know, they have mood. They have uh, atmosphere. It has, you know, it has actual story. They're actually trying to tell a story. So it's almost not like, you know, um, you know, just putting buses, seats, you know, you buy your popcorn, you get a couple scares in and, you know, you go home and whatever, whatever, you forget about it. You know, they're actually trying to, you know, um, they're trying, it's like there's actually character development here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's actually development of story. Um, so, so uh, that's, not, that's just how I would like to begin my review of Pearl and X. Well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I really enjoyed X. Uh, I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it's, yes, it's retro. Um, and, you know, yes, uh, it made me reflect, you know, think about uh, movies of you know, the, the 70s time period, horror movies. Um, but I think for me, it was, I found it to be a lot more fun than Pearl. I think Pearl, in terms of filmmaking, you might say, okay, there are elements to it that are that are uh, uh, executed better, but I didn't have the same fun that I had with X. And I was hoping to have a, a fun experience. I didn't have that with Pearl. I thought, you know, looking at Pearl, it's like a uh, a Douglas Sirk movie or something like this. It's meant to be a 1950s kind of uh, vibe thing or like a movie that came out that was a drama, um, maybe a decade ago, like um, Far From Heaven that's done in the, um, that kind of same 50s retro vibe, the, the, the pacing, the dialogue, uh, the usage of music with like heavy in the strings and kind of melancholy. Um, so, t- yes, Mia Goth did a hell of a job. She's, she's, she helped write uh, this character and helped write this story and executed it extremely well. And I would say her acting uh, performance was definitely better in Pearl than in X. But I was hoping for um, the fun that I had in X that I, I, did, I didn't find at all um, in Pearl. Yeah, so you know, you're uh, you you listener, you're free to listen to Mark and I's thoughts on sort of X. We both had a very good time with it. Uh, basically, uh, the um, the homages to uh, to the '70s style of filmmaking, the '70s style of you know the films that came out are you know apparent, but uh, they're, they're they're played around with in uh, very uh, interesting ways. That. Uh, um, and at the end of it, uh, you get a nice uh, quick teaser, you know, not uh, spoiling too much about uh, they made a prequel for X, uh, uh, focusing in on one of the uh, one of the more senior characters that uh, goes on the, the rampage uh, in X. But uh, it was also actually played by Mia Goth and just a ton of prosthetics and makeup. Uh, so I guess it's appropriate that she uh, help, she's uh, the lead in uh, this one as, uh, you know, we see sort of the, the beginnings of uh, of uh, this um, this couple's sort of um, uh, the, the beginning of this, uh, you know, the, the couple that kills together stays together, I guess. But, um, yeah, so this prequel, we, we get, uh, you know, it's on uh, it, it's uh, 19. Uh, uh, the 1918, you know, this Texas town uh, in the middle of both uh, World War One and the influenza epidemic, uh, the Spanish flu, and um, we focus in on uh, on on Pearl and uh, you know her domestic situation, uh, caring for a, um, uh, a invalid father and a very stern and uh, overprotective and overbearing mother. Uh, 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 I, Played by, I 
played by Tandy Wright, who I also think is really good also. But yes, the main, uh, the main attraction here is Mia Goth. Mia Goth, absolutely. I 100% fully agree with Kenyatta. Like, I, I really do hope that uh, Oscars get rid of the uh, horror stigma and do nominate, uh, you know, people in horror uh, or even comedy too, or any sort of genre sort of uh uh, performance because yeah, this is she is absolutely that just knocks it out of the park. Um, and it's it's obvious she had to you know help on the she helped with the script. Uh, it, she uh, she really conveys the character uh, just extremely well. And um, yeah, I was trying to think what, what would I do? I prefer uh, X or Pearl. And uh, it's hard to say because even though it's obvious that uh, they do go sort of um, they are in the same universe, but they're very different movies. Uh, you know, the best way I can describe it is uh, X is your uh, 70s slasher exploitation pornography sort of uh, riff. And uh, uh, Pearl is your uh, 70s character study. Uh, the ones that really get you know into the psychology of a character and um, really delves into sort of um, the unpleasantness that lies in some of our you know des- deepest desires. You know, in this case, it's uh, you know Pearl's need for stardom or to just be sort of seen rather than. Uh, just be sort of the farm girl in Texas with, uh, you know, uh, once, uh, you know, being on a generational farm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was really, really impressed, uh, you know, but both with, uh, Mia Goth and Ty West and company, you know, they didn't, they, they avoided a lot of uh, prequel pitfalls, uh, in my opinion, because, uh, yeah, they, they definitely, um, they took a character who kind of was, uh, not really, uh, not not really uh, uh, all that um, uh, all that active. At least all that active. In, uh, I'll be I'll to this in a second. Uh, all that active, but they and they made her into just this great um, great villain character, and you you understand all the motivations and all the the psychology behind her. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you, you can see um, as the movie uh, starts, and I guess in the first. Uh, third of the movie or so, um, Pearl, uh, the young girl in, in this movie, um, Pearl, I'm speaking of not X, but Pearl, um, is in many ways kind of unsure of herself. She's lacking confidence. She's um, sheltered, again, as you mentioned, by an overbearing parent and the, the duties of taking care of a father who is uh, um, in many ways um uh, ambulatory. Um, she has a hard time um, asserting herself, feeling confident about herself, uh, and she takes joy in, you know, getting away from the house so, uh, on occasion. Um, and you see in those moments um, the challenge that she she seemingly has interacting with other people, um, and that kind of uh, insecurity, um, while it's a constant throughout most of it again the last third well the last 15 20 minutes or so you see a huge shift i, I think in uh pearl that kind of it, it shed, she sheds that um which kind of sets the stage for i guess you know pearl just saying forget it this is who i am you know she kind of talks about um and reveals in a monologue you know how she feels and who she is and i think after that monologue is done she's like oh screw it this is who i am i'll just just be you know a murderous pearl uh so be it um which is uh again something that 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 is exciting to see that transformation in character just think it happens a little bit late for my taste because I'm I, I, my whole I guess gripe would be if there is one for this movie is that you know for me I need um a vector right I need something that's going to carry me from the beginning through the end of the movie um in some cases it's it's uh um a question right or, or something to look out for or trying to unpack something or a mystery in other ways it could, it could be you know this non-stop uh stimulation um which is not always the best in terms of like, like a, a number of uh cuts or, or things happening quickly i'd rather have the the, the question part the, the mental which the uh the um uh, pondering uh piece um but 
I think there, there, for me, there needs to be a vector that was not present in Pearl because of the, the knowns already. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I know a lot of folks have given this movie high praise. And I, again, I liked it uh, uh, in, in many ways as well, but I wouldn't give it as high praise because for me, it lacked the vector because I knew some, so much already. If I walked in not knowing who Pearl was or not even seeing the um, imagery, I, I, the poster or the thumbnail you might see online is of Pearl with bloody hands, right? Now, folks who've seen X know that, that that's who Pearl is, but if you've not seen it, and who knows, maybe some folks will walk into it having not seen X, you're given too much with that. Contrast that with... I think what is the major, there's several, of course, posters and thumbnails for X, but I think the major one has um, Mia Goth in her Maxine character. Again, not Pearl in this situation, but the Maxine character, the big X in front and her wielding an axe, right? Which could lead the audience to believe that this slasher movie is about this woman who's carrying the axe, right? But it's not about her. So in some, some ways it, it, it subverts expectations or it, it, it's, um, you know, sending folks down the wrong path it's a red herring in, in in thumbnail form which again allowed me to have much more enjoyment because i'm sitting here thinking oh maybe one of these actors in this porno movie is gonna like break bad or something like that you know go off or have some connection with the old couple that makes them you know i don't remember mom or dad or whatever and just start going crazy but we, we i think there's not a vector i think there's not that mystery for me within pearl there's not that situation to have me ask questions so i think that there's not enough pearl and the murderous pearl in pearl um if we're gonna do spoilers then i I can break down the reasons why i I don't want to do that or not but um yeah I, i wish there was more of the pearl of the last third of the movie throughout this movie Right, yeah, I know. We'll definitely go into spoilers, uh, uh, but I, I'm, again, it uh, sort of goes into the sort of other prequel problems. Uh, yeah, you do know, like this whole event will, well, you know, you know, fifty years down the road, where this is all going to end up, and you do know that uh, you know Pearl is not, you know, all goody two shoes and just wants to be a you know a normal farm girl, uh, you know, on the ranch. But um, uh, I think. Again, that, uh, I think you are all right in something that there's not really a well, it's called you know, uh, it's not a matter of discovery. Uh, you do know eventually, you know, that uh, Pearl is going to snap, um, and you know, the kind of hide out and become you know, this uh, sort of a serial killer and rape waiting uh, for 50 years or so, um, but uh. I, I, again, I I definitely think this is uh, performance he- uh, very uh, contingent on performance, and I uh, again I, I can't praise Mia Goff enough. I think uh, uh, even though uh, you know you you're just waiting for this character to snap, you're just seeing all the little thing. You know, <laughs> I'm going to make a weird comparison, but uh, or I guess an apt comparison to sort of uh, Joker. Uh, you're just waiting for this character. You know. That this character, you know, I, I think actually this is a good comparison. Yeah, you're waiting for this character to sort of snap. You know it's going to happen, and you know sort of the outcome. Uh, you know, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, sort of being uh, put upon and um, you know just uh, uh, tossed aside by society at large, and you're just waiting for him to become, you know, the clown prince of crime. But in here, you're uh, waiting for Pearl to become. You know that uh, axe-wielding murderer that's on the per- poster, and uh, you know Ty West holds back uh, quite a bit. Uh, he wants you to really understand. You know, it's not just you know this person was crazy or you know already off kilter to begin with. It was a lot of other you know uh, triggers that uh, that led this to happen. And if any one of those like went differently, maybe you know Pearl would have gotten her chance at stardom or. Um, just wound up uh, being uh, being okay with uh, just uh, you know life on the farm, but uh, it just shows that uh, yeah, there's just many factors that go into it. It's not just one thing or you know uh, one particular bad day or you know one uh, one moment of uh, insanity. It's a lot of things that lead up to this, and I I really um, 
uh, I really praise that part of the the movie. That uh, and even though, yeah, it's uh, uh, there's not the, the amount of you know fun thrills as X. Again, this is much more of a character study, and uh, that you know where this character's pilot is, uh, you know, the road that this character is going to eventually take. I think the uh, you know the signposts that get you there are very are fascinating. Yeah, so much of me of this. Um, I also was looking for. Um, there's a there's a great deal of sexual repression, you know, in in in, um, in Pearl. And I think if you go back to X. I think Pearl was not offended by the film shoot. I think Pearl wanted to join in. It was just too late. She'd missed her time to join in on the film shoot, right? She's like, I want to be, you know, desired again. I want to be um, someone who who um, can engage in this uh, sexual activity freely um, without guilt. Um, and here these folks are having a great time having sex, and I can't. So she feels upset about that. And I think that in this movie, it could have, they did briefly kind of touch upon uh, an introduction of sorts uh, to, to sex or sexual explicit content uh, by one character. But I think they could have gone more into depth with that, with her sexual repression. Um, of course, her husband is away um, in, in, at, at war. Um, but I don't think having a spouse away, I don't think necessarily being introduced to sexually explicit content by a stranger um, makes up or adds up to to the degree to which I think the Pearl character feels sexually, not just repressed, but also confused about how she should um, see sexual activity. Um, maybe they could have had added, uh, this is almost tropish though, religious imagery or something, or maybe they could have added um, that she, you know, um, had seen other people engaged in sex, not just on screen, but the personal connection was curious about it. Maybe her, her, her friend who engaged in an audition with, you know, her for a particular role, maybe she saw her earlier in the movie engaged in sexual activity with a boy who was attracted to her and, and uh, the Mia Goth uh, Pearl character might've wanted that kind of attention too, but didn't have it. So she was longing and maybe she'd be voyeuristic or something like that, you know, that situation, but we need to have more, I think, uh, um, to explain, I think, some of her sexual repression and some of the anger and frustration that revolves around that. Because I think that was really key uh, to uh, X was, I think, her repression sexually and her desire to be desired. I wonder, it'd be interesting, right? Today, um, I think I'm going to rewatch X. Uh, I'm interesting. To, it's, I'm going to be interested to see what my uh, opinion of the film would be after rewatching it, especially after seeing Pearl, to see, you know, what my uh, opinion of that film is going to be. So I'm definitely going to rewatch that today to see, you know, how my view changes after. It, it, it just be an interesting thing to see, especially after they get and learn the, um, the you know the pro character a little bit more, uh, and I'll and I'll definitely report back and, see, and let you guys know what what I come up with. Well, that's interesting. But, that, and, oh, go and, ahead. So my oh, no, point out something. Oh no! It, somebody pointed out that last shot, and I was like, okay, because I you know just before I saw the film, so I was like, okay, so let me you know um, I forgot the whole point about the last shot. So when the last shot, they come out and just remind, oh, that, oh yeah, I remember somebody, you know, uh, said something about the last shot of the whole film. And I was like, I was very impressed by that last shot, how she had that menacing look and she held it for so long. And with the credits and everything, I, I see little things like that. It doesn't sound like much, but um I think that in and of itself, I mean, uh, to hold that, that missing look for that long. And um, it, it's, it's like, you could, you could say, okay, she really dealt into this madness. And um, I think it was very effective actually. That very, and it, I, I can't, I didn't, I didn't put a counter on it. So I, I can't tell you how long it was, but it felt very long, but it's like, it was it was creepy at the same time. It was very menacing. 
I think it's kind of reminiscent of uh, um, Tony Perkins in Psycho. When he, toward the end of that movie, he has a pretty long uh, stare at the camera, not quite as long as this, but it's it's it's. I think they almost kind of borrowed from it, you know, being the last shot of that movie, having the camera held on him for a while, um, and I think it made made in the 1960s audiences feel even that much more um, unnerved by this character, just having him in character eyes, you know, looking at them, looking straight into the the, the camera um, and just having you wonder what the hell's going on behind those eyes. Right. I think that's the same kind of thing they did with this one. Um, I bet you they, they were thinking of Tony Perkins and psycho. I, I thought about that immediately when I saw this extended kind of shot with her kind of smiling throughout the credits. And I do, I do appreciate that shot too because it's like uh, how many times um, I would say probably uh, mute, uh, movie executives will, will demand that the director cut that down, like oh, you know, no more than two seconds, no more than three seconds. But the director made our artistic uh, choice to, to 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 hold on it because there's a movie called I think it was called. Um, um, ghost, I think it was, and where they there was a couple of scenes here and there where they 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 held like certain. Um, I think she was eating pie or something like that. It, it was on her for a very long time. I was like, wow, uh, either I was very artistic and brave, or it was you know you can say, oh, they should have done that. But I like yeah, Patrick Swayze was the filmmakers. No, no, no. It wasn't ghost. <laughs> I'm, I'm just that, joking. That I know. <laughs> you, you know, you know which one I'm talking about, though, right? I, it was, I it don't. Was, it, it, I have to, I, okay, it came out a couple of years ago. I, it may not even call, be called Ghost, but it was the one. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll do more because it's been a while, but. Um, it reminded me that last shot reminded me uh, the shot in this film where they just held it for a very long time. I think Steve McQueen, you know, um, um, he, he did that in a film he did not too long ago. Um, they held it. So I just appreciate how like a filmmaker could kind of like um, for artistic reasons, you know, they, they're brave enough to say, okay, this may not work, but you know, it's like, you have the instinct. It's like I'm. I'm just going to do this. You know, I feel this is the right thing to do, and you go on with your gut, and it, and it, and it works. Sometimes it may not work, but hey, I, I just appreciate you uh, going with your artistic gut on things sometimes. Well, yeah, I, the, I think we can we can talk about sort of like the last sh- uh, shot that uh, goes over the credits. But I think the real one is uh, the the monologue that uh, Mia Goth gets, uh, and it's like, it, they, you know, that's that's at least you know you know five minutes of just Mia Goth just like selling it and. I can imagine the studio too saying that. Well, why do we? Why are we stopping the movie just to, you know, have this, uh, you know, one shot uh, with um, uh, Pearl, you know, just bearing her soul to uh, her uh, uh, sister-in-law, I believe, or some, or, or some, uh, some, uh, you know, family friend, and um, uh, it's just it's spectacular, like. Um, uh, and yeah, I know uh, the 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 common thing is that well, you know, the stage acting do, do that all the time, and they, that's true. Yeah, stage actors have to do that all the time. But in uh, film, it's uh, you don't really get those uh, opportunities to really uh, uh, to really just go for it for you know five to six minutes and uh, just uh, just bare your soul and just sell every single beat and sell every single you know line of dialogue and. Um, uh it's it, it's fantastic it's one of the best scenes uh, of the year in my opinion like uh well one because you don't really see that a lot in movies where you know you're just trying to get you know uh <clears throat> you're trying to uh you know do you know make things more streamlined and you know get things going but here you get to you know ty west and company they slow down and then they just allow you know this character to bear her soul and it's just uh, it, it's both um it's heart-wrenching but it's also you know tra- it's heart-wrenching tragic and also scary that you know uh of what this character has gone through 
I think that's yeah, I, um, Mia Goth being her best pearl. Is I'm, I'm in real life. I'm gonna write this scene, and I'm, I'll be a star. You know, notice me. You're gonna you know, t- take notice. I'm gonna, you know, give these lines, deliver the lines in such a way that you can't avoid me. I'm a star, damn it! And that, that's what Mia Goth probably did. And when she's writing it, it, it's saying, okay, this is my star. This is my shot um, at maybe uh, Oscar attention or other awards for that matter but this is going to sell it if anybody's questioning about my ability to act here it is right here yeah and i think that was a very good scene um i have to agree with you so that was another (laughs) thank you for reminding me of that scene because that was another scene that kind of like uh artists they don't do it that much because uh maybe executives might force them to cut it down or they like i said uh like you said about this is more for theater to have all these because imagine if um you know they showed you the, the script to this and you, you imagine what it looks like on page um I imagine a lot of people who read the script were like oh you gotta cut that down you get what i'm saying and here they stuck with it and it worked very well. And I kind of like that because we complain, okay, about everything being formulaic, everything being the same, uh, connecting the dots, you know, kind of like cookie cutter, blah, 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 right? But uh, when people just do what they feel, you get what I'm saying? It's like and being brave and just, you know, so if a, it's kind of, excuse my language, but fuck it. If it works, if it doesn't work, hey, you know, um, fine, right? But when people take artistic uh, chances and it works, it really, really works really well. If it doesn't, fuck it. It's like we can't complain because... Um, about everything being the same when people do what they feel as artists. Because you think about film as any other form of art, could be a painting or whatever, right? And you're just doing your thing. How you feel it to be, you know, it should be done, right? Because, you know, everybody could cut that scene down to, I don't know, I, I didn't time it, so I, but um, I, I don't know what it looks like, how many pages will be in the script. Anybody could cut it down to three or four lines. All right. And um, and if, if everybody does that, right, what's going to happen? It's like you come up with a film and all the films are going to feel, feel the same. You know, you just go with your gut and do what you feel is right for your for your art. And um you know, if it pays off, it pays off big. So, you know, and I appreciate it. So thanks for reminding me about that scene, Jeff. No problem. Uh, yeah, just sort of, I, we kind of uh, skipped over the story, but really, I mean, you know, it's a backstory to uh, the Pearl and X, but uh, it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more going on than, <clears throat> than just that. Again, uh, the setting is uh, sort of... Um, in the middle of World War One, uh, in this uh, Texas town, Texas uh, farm town, but um, uh, we uh, so uh, Pearl is uh, is your regular, just normal uh, uh, farm uh, working on the uh, uh, on the family farm, and um, uh, you know it feels that you know she 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 wants more from this. She wants more than just to be you know. Um, Tending all the uh, tending the roosters, milking the cows, and all that that uh, and all that uh, you know that, that entails. But um, <clears throat> so she goes. She, she's a frequent moviegoer, so she uh, uh, so she goes and um, meets the projectionist, and uh, they strike up a relationship, and um, sort of uh, th- that begins sort of her. Uh, one track mind to, uh, you know, thinking that stardom is the way that will, you know, uh, it'll make her happy. That will, you know, that will complete her. Uh, and, and then she finds out that there's uh, sort of an audition sort of going on, uh, this, uh, roving band of, um, 
about people from Hollywood that will, you know, they'll whisk her away and, you know, make her, uh, they'll give her all of the, make all the dreams come true. Uh, but, uh, as that, uh, as of course happens, uh, that is not the case. And, um, and, and uh, all the things that she did up to that point to sort of make it happen, uh, you know, come to naught. And uh, she realizes that, you know, this is, you know, regardless of, you know, her feelings on, uh, on being just a regular farm girl, uh, this is uh, this is her station in life. And, you know, no one's going to recognize her for anything else. So and she acts out like she uh, she uh, she takes care of her family. And then, you know, in the. Um, uh, and then the, the projectionist who, you know, promised her so much, but delivered on, uh, nothing. And, um, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I do agree with Mark. This is uh, very different than X. Uh, it's quite a bit different. You know, X is this fun sort of like, uh, homagey sort of, uh, uh, retro feel that, uh, you know, riffs on a lot of, uh, things that had uh, on slashers and, uh, uh, low budget pornography. Uh, but, uh, this is quite a bit different. This is, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad Mark mentioned sort of, uh, Douglas Sirk. Uh, that, that was, uh, it's a nice reference. Uh, but there's also a lot of uh, wizard of Oz imagery. She's in the blue dress and a bike, you know, riding around the, uh, the wheat fields. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a scene with a scarecrow. Uh, there's so there's another allusion to there um so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of this is a retro feel but in a different uh, different era uh, if you will uh yeah this is much more you know 1950s or even maybe 1920s sort of style but uh Ty West and company have uh, a little bit more to say than just uh you know the um uh we're not in Kansas anymore yeah I was thinking this should have been shot in black and white, right? But, you know, of course, as we know, this was actually um, made while, I guess, the crew and the, the actors are getting were stuck. It was, it was just shot in New Zealand or, or Australia, one of the other, one of the two, um, when they, after they, they made Pearl, they were stuck there because of COVID. Um, and they just decided to go ahead and make this movie, this prequel. Um, so I'm not sure if they had the equipment there, the right kind of cameras, even the right kind of crew that's accustomed to making things uh, in black and white, because you have to have special people who know how to light black and white film properly. If you want to have a true kind of authentic old 1950s black and white look to it. But uh, I think it could have been and should have been shot in black and white because um, it would have really would have uh, sealed it uh, for me, like in terms of being truly of that era. If it was because it was shot in color and with the crispness, uh, you no, it's not, you know, made in the 19, you know, 50s or whatever, you know, it's set in 1918. But um, I think if they had um, used black and white, you might be fooled to think this is an older movie if it's a little grainier, possibly as well. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I somewhat agree. Yeah, it would have been uh, a little bit another layer of uh of homaging if they had uh, you know done it in crisp black and white i think uh uh the uh the colors that they make pop here i think uh, in all the uh you know the technical wonder if you will about uh you know the uh, the filmmaking uh it adds sort of a different sort of um um yeah it's very much more of um i don't know what, what would you call it the sort of like the um uh, sort of like the classic melodramas of uh, uh, of the fifties that were done in uh, were done in color um, rather than uh, than uh, black and white, but uh, yeah, I, that that that's a fairly good point. That uh, yeah, maybe they could have like uh, done it in black and white. You know, maybe yeah, I don't know, maybe even do it all uh, the dialogue and title cards. Although you know, I guess that would be hard to do with, especially with the monologue. But um, uh, I think I think they're they're aiming for. You know, not uh, not too far uh, of a uh, of a retro, not, not too far of a retro feel that uh, uh, we we lose something with um, we lose something with uh, the uh, the lighting and the the uh, the color composition. I don't know if black and white sells as many tickets. I don't think it would. So it might be it might be a concern also. True too. I think the retro part comes with the cost, you know, with the war and, um, you know, 
and made the vehicles and that you know it's, instead of actually going that far like actually film it because i think if you film it black and white it'll come across like this is a 1920s film instead what they what they're showing is this is real or more realistic so it's not this is not a film this is actual almost like a, um you know, this is this is pro story, but we're not gonna. So the retroness comes from, like I said, the costumes and setting and all that kind of stuff, and you know, during the war and real stuff that happened around that time, rather than than actually filming. Like you know, you're, you're watching a film in 1920s. So I, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't. I mean, they, they could have been probably been interesting, but I did like. The, the color and everything. So, and it was also interesting with the scarecrow. I never thought, yeah, it, it does have that kind of like that, uh, kind of like that Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. This is my kids, <laughs> you know, especially with the scarecrow and everything, that weird thing she was doing with the scarecrow. But, um, like I said, I think, you know, this is something I'm going to put in my, I like I, I do own X, so I'm definitely going to own this. And, um and um you know I'll I'll I'll, I'll see I'll I'll see if this impacts why how how you know my appreciation for X. So we'll see. I, I can see Mia Goth getting a lot more work, you know, from, from this too. Um, and it's almost like she can tell her spouse, don't worry, darling, I got this covered. Um, <laughs> her husband being, of course, child above or common law husband, whatever the case might be, um, who didn't, who backed out of don't worry, you know, darling. But yeah, I mean, it, I guess everything's looking up from, from here for, for Mia Goth. She's been in a number of movies throughout the years, but I think now, of course, the spotlight's going to be on her uh, much more than it was in the past. Past. And I think she'll get some juicier roles. She might might even be allowed to escape, in this case, the horror genre. She did a lot of non-horror stuff before, but I think she's kind of cemented herself now with these two movies. And and uh, I guess she has a third coming uh, in terms of uh, the third of the three movies of this kind of story. Um, this um, X-Pearl world or universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, so after that, I guess the sky's the limit. She can do probably what she wants. Let's hope because, yeah, she's definitely a capable performer. Uh, she's shown, yeah, she was in a, a lot of other stuff, like sort of uh, she's not as a lead or anything close. Um, but yeah, she really knocks it to the park with these in these two movies. And it seems that uh, her and Ty West have a good working relationship, uh, certainly. And yeah, right at the end, we get uh, just uh, a la sort of uh, X, we get a, a nice, uh, even quicker teaser uh, for the third entry in this. Uh, X-Universe uh, Maxine. Um, so we're going to go to 1980s Hollywood and apparently um, we're going to follow uh, Mia Goss character, you know, through uh, living Pearl's dream in uh, stardom in uh, 1980s Hollywood. So... Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> you, you said something. Where, where, where did you guys get this Maxine? What's this? It's right at the end. It's at the, at the end of we, all the credits. Yeah. Oh, because me and my wife, we waited through all the credits. Oh, really? It, it, we didn't see that. Oh, really? Oh, no, there's nothing. There's no footage. Right? They haven't filmed anything from it. It's just a um, an overhead shot of uh, what would usually be the Hollywood sign. But instead of the Hollywood uh, sign, it's Maxine with three X's. So it's the third entry in the X universe. Oh, yeah, oh, it, they, they, they haven't filmed anything from it. They only greenlit it be, uh, right like as uh, Pearl was released uh, because well, these movies uh, do do well, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, budget to uh, profit ratio, apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Well. We, we, we waited. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how we missed it, but yeah, we missed that. Oh, okay. All right. It's All probably right. on YouTube somewhere if you want, but it really, there's no new footage or anything. It's just, uh, uh, right. it's just the, the 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 Maxine sign. Uh, so because they haven't filmed anything from it, uh, they only they only just greenlit it uh, recently. Oh, okay. But I'm definitely I'm definitely up for it whenever you know next year when uh, Maxine is released. Um, you know, just like X, you know, there's things you can sort of, uh, you know, X again is a much more fun time. I, I guess, 
Uh, so maybe uh, access, but there's uh, things you can read about X, you know, about, you know, the way that we portray violence and sexuality uh, in, in with Pearl. Uh, there's stuff you can read into, you know, sort of um, a, uh, uh, you know, a different, uh, you know, uh, expectations uh between generations uh because uh and uh, you know her mother is this german immigrant who's reading headlines about you know all the german soldiers who are dying over in the uh over in europe uh during world war one and uh you know mia goth uh, has this uh you know uh, was perhaps born um in america because she doesn't have any of the uh german accent uh she has that southern twang uh so there's uh there's already like a nice little um a difference in sort of uh, uh between the generations uh, in, the, in the immigration uh experience there um and you know that that causes a rift between the two and again i i think both uh, plays ruth uh yeah tandy wright and also does a great job as the you know the stern german mother who's you know believes that uh, pearl needs to uh put her nose to the grindstone and just do the farm work because that's uh and wait for her husband to return home from the front uh because that's uh, that was what always was expected of her and uh, you know she can't uh, she doesn't want to impart, you know, any uh, starry dreams onto her on her daughter. Uh, so, yeah, there's stuff you can definitely read into, even though that um, uh, there's the big overall idea about how, um, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of Disney movies, you know, uh, give the message of, you know, always shoot for the stars and always uh, follow your heart. Uh, but in here, it's sort of like, well, that's good and all. That's great. That's a good little message. But what if, uh, um, what, what if you're just not, uh, <clears throat> what if no one recognizes that in you? Like, what if, and you're not allowed to do so? Uh, and, that the, and what if you're just pathologically just now uh, programmed to just uh, go f- uh, go for the uh, go for stardom and go for you know the uh, the bigger picture, <clears throat> or go for the um, uh, something more than just uh, you know being on a the uh, simple f- uh, farm life. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's uh, again there's the, uh, I I'm, I was really impressed with uh, with Pearl. Um, it, it would be hard for me to pick one or the other because X is such a fun time and Pearl really delves into the psychology of a character who really wasn't. Uh, you know, didn't really get uh, her just due in uh, in X. Ty West, um, I've seen. I mean, he's done a western, and I believe it's a comedy. Um, I've seen a little bit of the Innkeepers, um, but anyways, he did a western. Um, with uh, Ethan Hawke in the Valley of Violence is on Netflix, and um, I, I, I pretty much I, I, I like that film as well. And um, you know, obviously, he could do horror and um, Drinking Buddies. I saw that. I don't know if he actually directed that or wrote it or what, but he has some involvement in that. So um, you know, it's, a, it's it's definitely where anytime I see his name now, I'll, I'll be interested in seeing it no matter what it is. So, um, yeah, yeah you, can, you can see him as an actor also in uh, You're Next, another horror movie that I really liked um, from a few years back. I don't know, seven, six, seven years back, something like that. Could be less than Very that. good film. Very good yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, and he was a character in that movie. So if you ever wonder what he looks like, he's in that movie. Um, yeah, so... I was just thinking about my my, my recommendations. Um, I thought about not just with that 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 ending shot, that that long kind of stare and smile into the camera about Psycho. I thought about Psycho is pretty similar in that we have these characters who have these mommy issues, overbearing moms, and how it plays a role in their own you know uh, descent into madness, if you will. So my recommendation, uh, if you've not seen Psycho, check it out. Um, it's also what maybe you think about shooting this movie in black and white, possibly the effect that would be on it. Um, and then Psycho, even though um, the comparison, it, 
is made for with um pearl and, and movies made in the 1950s though it's set in 1918 psycho in many ways even though it's made you know in the 60s feels like a 50s movie right we've not gone it's almost like we mentioned before when we're talking about different uh generations of movies um certain movies kind of make make it a turning point into the new wave or the new decade of movies psycho in many ways is still in my mind kind of stuck in the 50s though it's a 1960s movie so that's why i kind of draw parallels between psycho and this um there's a 50s feel even though it's a 60s movie this is a 50s feel even though it's a 19 it's a 2022 movie um and they both have these characters who, who have these mommy issues and and it's because the, the parents are overbearing that they one reason why they they kind of uh descend into mad and as far as a recommendation off of the other movie we talked about, um, um, Barbarian, I would say um, we've all kind of thought about this film. And, and I think that uh, I'll make it my recommendation. I'll, I'll get it. I'll jump ahead of the two of you and just say, uh, don't breathe in terms of um, the film um, Barbarian, the connection there. There's some, there's, they're their cousins. It'd be a great double bill. Yeah. So. In terms of my recommendations, just based off Pearl would be Joker. Joker, how he descended, like he started off one way, kind of like you have this big character arc that descends into madness. And I think both these films, kind of like this character development, character study of someone who is meek or whatever, they have these big dreams, because even Joker has these big dreams. He's dancing and everything. He's you know, he wants to be, but it's like you're trapped. You know, this this whole, you know, you're being trapped somewhere. And, and, and that was a big thing in, in the Pearl film and how that helped, this, this, you know, to send her to madness the same way Joker did. So, um, so I would say Joker, uh, in, in terms of uh, a Barbarian, uh, like we, we did mention Don't Breathe, and um what else barbarian um vacancy um i mean it's a decent film it's definitely a watchable film if you're a horror fan um check that out and i believe it's on i can't remember what streaming service is on but it might be on netflix and i'm pretty sure it's on um amazon prime but I'm pretty sure it's definitely on Tubi. Um, what else? He's not oh. muted, so I don't know what the uh, deal is. Uh, Maybe a phone call again. Phone knows? call? Well, okay. Well, I'll go off. Uh, he can, he, if he needs to finish, he can. But um, I'll, uh, so I'll do a twofold recommendation as well. Uh, if you are a big fan of Pearl and you want to see sort of another sort of descent into madness due to, you know, uh, need for stardom and fame and all that. Uh, okay, he's coming back. Uh, I and you want this sort of retro feel, uh, but it's not retro because it was made in the fifties. Uh, Sunset Boulevard with um, it was uh, uh, sort of Billy Wilder's crowning achievement and uh, is a uh, great centerpiece performance. The uh, um, um, uh, a great uh, centerpiece performance about, you know, sort of descending into uh, madness after, you know, the, uh, after this character has achieved fame, but then it is sort of uh, tossed aside. Um, but, um, and it's, of course, and it's also in black and white too. So uh, maybe you'll, you, uh, you'll, you'll get the uh, sort of a much more, uh, the feel of it um, with uh, the vibe. Kenyatta, did you, Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you want to? Were you uh, in the middle of finishing up, or would you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the last thing you heard because I was doing all this talking, and then I just noticed, like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> I lost you guys. Right. So what yeah, was the last thing you heard? Um, you were saying where to find. I forgot which movie you were saying where to find. Like, um, uh, oh, vacancy. Was it vacancy? vacancy? Right. Yeah, vacancy. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So another. Film, like I said, I keep repeating this the devil is 2010. It came out as a Korean horror film. You have, I'm telling you, this thing, if you like Pearl or anything like Pearl, you have to see this film. So, um, and, and like you know, those are my movie recommendations, right? 
Yeah, as I was, uh, as I was, I was saying, uh, sort of my recommendation: if you like Pearl and sort of the descent into madness uh, due to need for fame and stardom, you want that uh, retro vibe. I, I highly recommend uh, Sunset Boulevard from 1950. Uh, Gloria Swanson turns in a another a great performance uh, of uh, what happens when. Um, like uh, you want fame and nothing else out of life and uh, it kind of passes you by. Uh, but as for Barbarian, uh, yeah, we've uh, said sort of the other uh, Detroit set uh, claustrophobic drama, but I'll go for another uh, sort of, I think the the absolute king in terms of claustrophobic and terror and uh, low lighting, uh, that is uh, Neil Marshall's The Descent um, from way back all the way uh, 15 years ago or something like that. Um, but it stars a group of uh, female cave uh, spelunkers, and they uh, uh, they get uh, trapped underground uh, with, uh, with and uh, they're using only their headlamps to sort of guide light the way, and then they start seeing things moving in the shadows. Uh, and I won't give away what that is, but it's uh, I think. Uh, one of my favorite horror movies uh, for the last 20 years and certainly one of the best claustrophobic uh, sort of uh, scare, uh, scary movies like ever made. Uh, the really uh, great uh, masterpiece of, of, uh, of horror. Uh, really great stuff. A very good film. I, I enjoyed that very much. And yeah, very good ending everything. So yeah, I'll, I'll second that. I third that. <laughs> Excellent. Consensus. Awesome. All right. Any final words on either of the two movies? Uh, the only thing I, I could say is that, um, you know, any filmmakers, basically filmmakers, like I said, they are artists. I'm like, not only do I consider them, they, filmmakers are artists. And um, I remember going to UMass Boston and um, we, they had, you know, a little Ricky Dink. Uh, film department and uh, the art department kind of looked down on film and they really didn't consider art. I I totally hate that. I hate it then. I hate it now. But filmmakers are artists and I appreciate filmmakers. Um, they, 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 you know, they embrace their art and they're, they're brave with their art. And I think that will save film and um you know instead of playing safe all the time when you're safe we we play it safe it's like i think you're selling yourself short and um it's you know you're selling the audience is short too you know uh they don't may they may not realize it but um i think there's a lot of stuff that gets lost when you play it safe so um that's pretty much what I kind of got out of uh, kind of these two films that I, uh, you know, um, that we're reviewing today. I just I piggyback onto that to say the same thing. You know, um, these two movies, especially well, Pearl was kind of made because the conditions were just right to do that. I mean, as I mentioned before, I think this the uh, crew and then the cast and the director were all kind of stuck in a particular place and said you know what we're going to be here for a while we have we have time to put this together um let's just make this this film and i think because of the conditions um it allowed for that long monologue we talked about it allowed for uh them to say hey let's screw it let's make this movie i'm not sure how much of the script was done before they even got there or if none at all possibly who knows but um you know the conditions made it um, perfect to make this movie. It's almost like, you know, uh, I reference often like one of my favorite movies, Jaws. The, Jaws was a masterpiece because some things went wrong. I mean, it could have been a masterpiece if they didn't go wrong, but uh, the, the fact that the shark was malfunctioning a lot made it uh, that much better. And I think the same thing holds true with Pearls. Like the conditions were right. They had to deal with the folks who were there, the, the cast, the crew that was there. They had to put this thing together, um, I guess, somewhat rapidly. And um, that also meant you didn't have some of those eyes in there, possibly with the execs. They might have seen some digital you know, uh, scripts. I might have seen, you know, I might have had some meetings with the directors and, and other folk, but I think because they were far away and because they had, you know, this time on their hands, they they capitalized on it to make this movie Pearl. Um, and, and 
it's because of the conditions that allowed for it. I'm hoping, as Kenyatta said, that you know there's there's some more risk taking, um, that there's you know ability to 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 have your vision be put forth on the screen and on the paper on a page, and not have folks interfere and say no, we don't want this, we don't want that, because I I believe that if it weren't for the conditions that that made Pearl, that monologue simply wouldn't have happened at all. I'm sure they would have said, you know what, screw it. Chop that down, as Kenyatta said, make it a few lines and then call it a day. But uh, yeah, for those who are out there who green light pictures or those who are out there also make movies, you know, make your vision come to fruition if you're a filmmaker and if you're an exec, you know, allow some folks to take risks, especially in these projects that, that seem like they're not that expensive to make, right? I'm not saying you're going to put together a movie that costs a couple hundred million dollars. This is not a Marvel kind of movie. These are relatively low-budgeted films compared to those kind of tent poles. Allow them to take risks because it pays off in the end. Yeah, uh, great uh, sort of ending sentiment. And I'll, uh, as you were saying about you know the art department at uh, UMass sort of looking down on film, I think even within the film community, sort of horror is looked down upon. Well, you know, it's just you know scaring teens and you know turning a quick buck. Uh, but as you know, both these movies show there's there's quite a bit more that you can do with horror. Uh, you know, the inventiveness of Barbarian from the different timelines and you know different tones and the the, the shifting story, uh, the really like um, sort of uh, surprising like character study that happens in Pearl uh, that you know sort of rivals a lot of you know dramas in my opinion that uh, that have come out. Um, yeah, there's all you know. Don't uh, you know? And this goes. Oh, this goes. You know, we go back and forth on whether or not how much the academy matters or something. But yeah, definitely. You know, even if the academy doesn't recognize, you know, horror performances or horror filmmakers in a meaningful way, uh, you know, you can do that on your own, and you can definitely help promote, you know, the the uh, Zach Craigers and the Mia Goss and the uh, Ty West of the world. We hope you enjoyed listening to our review of Pearl, dodging the pitfalls of most prequels while giving us a demented character study with a fantastic lead performance from Mia Goth. Be sure to keep queuing us up for Halloween as we'll be crowning our champion of the horror season, tournament style, as we pit horror movie villains head to head. Find out who comes up on top. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and on the platforms. You can support this podcast in the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button at anchor.fm. You can join Kenyatta and I our virtual screenwriters forums by RSVPing on meetup.com and our Facebook. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links are in the description. All the best in your writing, watching movie and streaming shows, and taking care of one another. <laughs>